we have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. A new world order. Child sex trafficking. The deep state is trying to destroy Donald Trump's presidency. Loose the battle plans of heaven. It's all about control. Broadcasting live to the world now. It's the Weekend Vigilante, Sheila Zielinski. Hello, listeners, and welcome to the Sheila Zielinski Show for this June 20th, 2015 edition. You know, one of the greatest pioneers of exposing Agenda 21 in its early days, Dr. Michael Kaufman, concluded his journey today, this morning, June 20th, 2017, And he's now receiving his heavenly reward for his earthly activity. You know, he leaves behind a great legacy that will serve to, I think, inspire younger generations to pursue truth no matter what the cost. I wanted to thank Patrick Wood for his beautiful sentiments that he wrote this morning. Dr. Michael Kaufman was really one of the three men who, besides my uncle and Dr. Tim Ball, who really inspired me to do what I do. He fueled my passion to expose this diabolical green agenda. And I and I talk about that in my book, Green Gospel. Today's a sad day for me because I really loved this man and he will be sorely missed. I just wanted to honor him because actually, ironically, I did a show one year ago with him. That was the last show I did. He got, he got sick after that. And I, I did this show and I wanted to honor him today by doing a replay of that show. So in in honor of his legacy, I leave you with a show that I did with him. He wrote a book that is just one of my favorites. It is America Plundered. And I've got that website, americaplundered.com linked on the bio today. I really hope that we can support his family in this tragic loss. And it just breaks my heart. And take a listen to a show that I did a year ago. Let's take a listen. Hi, everyone. And welcome to this edition of the Sheila Zielinski Show. What a program tonight, folks. We have a hard-hitting show with an exceptional guest. You have heard my first guest on Alex Jones, Coast to Coast. He's appeared on countless TV and radio programs around the globe. He has a PhD in ecosystems analysis and climatology, and he was the one that led the million-dollar research project in the 90s on global warming. He is the leading expert on Agenda 21, and you know what? He's one of the most well-respected men in his field. He and his group stopped the Convention on Biological Diversity from being ratified in the U.S. Senate. You know what would have happened if he didn't do that? It would have been game over for Americans. He's a good friend of the show. He is really one of the men that inspired me to write Green Gospel. He's near and dear to my heart, and it is my distinct pleasure to have him back. He is simply one of my favorite guests. He has worked tirelessly the last few decades, and I could just go on and on with his impressive bio. But without further ado, Dr. Michael Kaufman, welcome to the program, sir. It is an honor. Well, thank you very much. I'm very glad to be with you. Well, you know what? I think, Dr. Kaufman, someday when the historians are sifting through the ashes of what once was the free West, trying to figure out what happened, they're going to discover that freedom was hijacked by this diabolical green agenda. Christians are at war, and they don't even know it. 
when I first wrote Green Gospel, I was invited on this big Christian network, and I remember one of these pastors said to me, but Sheila, aren't we as Christians supposed to protect the earth at all costs? And where I want to start with that, the Bible really does have something to say about environmentalism, doesn't it, Dr. Goff? Well, the Bible deals with environmental issues on a common-sense basis. In other words, what God has created, we do not want to destroy. And God has given, according to Genesis in chapter 1, the right to till Mother Earth, or the right to get produce, produce and so forth from Mother Earth. Uh, and that really infuriates environmentalists, because what they believe is that Mother Earth should subdue us. And as a consequence, we have a very vicious battle going on within this country right now, and around the world to some extent, where environmentalists are all out to destroy capitalism in the United States. And one of the things that just shook me right down on my shoes, I knew it, but I had never seen it in writing, is that back in January, the head of the United Nations Climate Change Group, not the IPCC, but the Department for United Nations for Climate Change, came out and said that the whole purpose of the United Nations IPCC, which is their functioning limb, as it were, to determine what kind of global warming problems we're having and so forth and then do something about it. She said the whole purpose of having all of these proposed treaties and restrictions and regulations on different nations and so forth was to destroy capitalism. Now, I want to repeat that. You're probably in a state of shock. It wants to destroy capitalism. That's the purpose of all this global warming stuff. When you all of a sudden realize that, most of what has happened makes sense because all of their science does not point to man as causing global warming. In fact, we're having, uh, this is this reached 18 and a half year period in which there has been no global warming. Some of the actual data show that there may, may be a global cooling. I'll talk about global cooling a little bit later on. But the key point here is that the United Nations and hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars spent by nations like the United States to try to prove global warming, to try to establish a system separate from that that will cause us to reduce our carbon dioxide emissions is nothing more than a pathway to destruction. It is a pathway that will destroy our industry because our industry base is, is based on fossil fuels and capitalism. You cannot have the economy that the United States has had the last hundred years or more without capitalism. You can't do it. Now, there are a lot of deficiencies in capitalism. No, no, get me wrong. There are. But we can take care of those by laws, and we have. I mean, the old industrial barons and so forth of the early 19th century are gone because we've passed laws to control that. That was really a bad situation where they were exploiting the poor and all the rest. That doesn't mean it's perfect today. It's not. But you can't find any place in history, no place in history, that has produced a middle class that is prosperous as much as you have with capitalism. All of the other economic models, the one that we're under right now, we're no longer under a capitalistic system. We're basically under neo-fascism, but there is a really a more of a Keynesian economics, the paradigm where the banks control the economy of the country in collaboration with the government. Now, that's where it gets into this neo-fascism stuff, because neo-fascism basically is a partnership between industry, 
and the government. And when you have that, you have a disaster. Boy, disaster. That is an understatement. Because really, Dr. Kaufman, the West is being radically transformed into this soulless, ungodly Marxist society. America is not the last bastion of freedom. It is the first and only one. And for that, it is under attack as it represents everything the founding fathers envisioned. And they endowed us with a heck of a trust fund. It's a nation of free people under God. You know, we have the public education and the progressive, mainstream, bobbleheaded, fake news media. They've indoctrinated Americans to accept this cabal's collectivist ideologies like Marxism and fascism. They want us to accept ideas as a valid part of the American way, and they are not. Just like you said, they are diametrically opposed to a constitutional republic and liberties established by our founding fathers on fundamental moral tenets of biblical and natural law. Absolutely, they are. And my book, America Plundered, goes through that and how that happened. Not in as much detail as I'd have liked. It would have taken a three or four inch book to do that. But at least it leads the person to be able to join the dots on the page and start to make sense out of what's going on. Because right now, most Americans live in, in a deluded state. I mean, I'm literally saying they're under delusion because they have no idea what's going on. Anytime something comes up, the popular press will suppress it. And, and usually they do it by vilifying any opposition. And that concerns me because we're at that point now where in, say, global warming, all of the skeptics are being vilified. They're not, they're not being attacked with scientific facts. They're being attacked with homilies against their very nature, that they did this or they did that. Something on the effect of what has been exposed the last month or so with the Clinton Foundation. We're seeing that being used as the bully pulpit to destroy the actual image. I mean, people's lives have been, their jobs and so forth have been destroyed because of the literal acrimony and hatred that comes out of the opposition of the progressives. Yes, that's right. And of course, we've got these, you know, high level officials like Loretta Lynch, Lynchpin, as I call her. I mean, she's coming out saying, hey, we're going to start prosecuting climate deniers. You've got Naomi Oreskes, you've got, you know, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., three hots in a cot at the Hague with the war criminals. I mean, we are climate deniers. You nailed it when you said vilification. They're trying to silence real scientists. And I'm going to tell you, it is shocking the amount of censorship over this issue for people that are speaking out. And even myself, I'm featured on a website as I'm a climate criminal. So there you have it, Dr. Coffin. We're climate criminals. Absolutely. We're all labeled. Anybody that disagrees with the, the human-induced climate change is labeled as a criminal. Or It really is amazing. And they're the first ones a couple decades ago to be screaming for free speech. Now that they're in positions of power, they're trying to literally shut down free speech. Most Democrats can't think beyond their front nose. And that's a strong statement to use, but I'm having to use it now. And, I'm, and not all Democrats fall in that place. But the progressive Democrats are just horrifying. They will take a one-liner and turn it into a whole belief system for whatever the progressive leadership wants to do. And when you go back, and that's the nice thing about the plundered book, is if you go back 100 years ago when Europe was being socialized, that's exactly what was happening to Europe. I mean, the same kinds of phrases, the same kinds of strategies, 
and so forth that the progressives used today were used 100 years ago in Europe, which basically brought Europe to a point where we would have not survived if it had not been for the United States. Literally, would not have survived with their socialist ideas had the United States not been there with their capitalistic ideas in order to help them out when they got into really times of crisis. It's just mind-boggling to realize how deadly this progressive belief system really is. Yes, I agree. And what's so absolutely frightening to me, Dr. Kaufman, is the collective mindset of our young people. You know, you talk about global warming. Well, all these young kids, they absolutely are big adherents to depopulation. You know, I heard uh, there was one group of young kids that said to me, oh, you know, free speech, it's so yesterday. That's so last century. You know, look no further than the Bernie Socialist Sanders movement. It was very popular with the younger kids. They love fascism and socialism and Marxism. And all these cast of characters that are promulgating this green agenda, they're all anti-capitalist and big redistribution of wealth proponents, aren't they? Yeah, it really is amazing. And when you add to that, Christina Figueroa's who's the executive secretary of the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change, saying it's our purpose of all of these environmental issues was to destroy capitalism. It is unbelievable, unbelievable that they're trying to destroy capitalism, which in itself is very destructive to our economy. They have to have a treaty implemented so they can control CO2, which in turn allows them to control the actual industry of planet Earth. But once they have control over CO2, anyone that wants to start a factory or improve a factory or whatever the case might be, or business, doesn't matter, the fact is that the United Nations will have control over that by controlling the amount of carbon dioxide emissions. It is an astonishing thing. Now, they've tried this, of course, quite a few times in the past and have failed, failed dismally. But this time, they're working behind the scenes with the G7, with the Catholic Church, with a variety of other really powerhouses, in the, you know, financial powerhouses in the world, to force it upon everyone else without a complete consensus of uh, the parties that have to sign on to this. Somehow, they know how they're going to slip it in. And it will be a regular Donnybrook, I'm pretty sure, when, when it finally happens. And there are those nations, like China, for instance, who are expanding their electrical power grid and fossil fuel use by one to two new coal fire plants a month, you know, which adds tremendous pollution. I mean, you can see it on the satellites and so forth. And I don't blame them, per se, because you cannot bring your, your nation into the 21st century without electricity. 90% of our, our goods and services are produced by electricity. When you look at fossil fuel or the use of fossil energy of some sort, almost everything in your office or your home is made of fossil fuels. Your computer, your printers, your books, almost everything that you have that you use, the phone that I'm on and, and, that you're, and the radio that you're listening to and so forth, all have fossil fuels as their core component in their matrix in some way or another. And when you realize that and then say, now the United Nations is planning to have the emissions of carbon dioxide world down to 73% to 94% of pre-treaty levels, you're talking about a staggering amount by 2050. 
And you know, it's absolutely nauseating every single day. We're getting a steady barrage. We're getting just pummeled with a steady diet of, oh, Arctic sea levels rising 20 feet by next Wednesday. All the polar bears have drowned. In a study this year, polar bear populations are booming. The Arctic sea level is doing just fine. In fact, Arctic sea ice is expanding, according to some European studies. I mean, every day we're just getting bathed in this echo chamber of rhetoric around, oh, everything, oh, it's a climate catastrophe. I mean, if anything, Dr. Kaufman, we need more. CO2 is plant life. We need more of it in the atmosphere. Well, that's it. Absolutely. In fact, you have satellite images of the planet Earth that shows that there has been a great amount of greening in the northern latitudes due to carbon dioxide. The fact that it's green already, it shows that we have plants that will grow now with more CO2, probably 20 to 30% more than they would have prior to the Industrial Revolution that caused the increase in carbon dioxide. So we need to be doing more to emit carbon dioxide rather than less as far as what would be good environmentally because the forests benefits by increased carbon dioxide. A staggering amount. I mean, we have seen where before droughts have destroyed crops and so forth, where because of the increase in carbon dioxide can actually stand more drought than those that we have no increased carbon dioxide. The science on this is just, it's really a blockbuster when you really look at it. It could increase food production in the world by somewhere between 20 and 30% in the next, oh, say, 30 years or so if we just allowed the carbon dioxide to increase. Instead, we're having policies and so forth to shut down the release of carbon dioxide, not because it's good for the environment, not because it's good for people, it's because it's good for these global elites to control the industry and the economies of nations because once they get that control over carbon dioxide, goodbye economy. And as a consequence, what we're seeing really is a major threat against the ecology and the people of the United States. It is so diabolical that this elite brigade of zealots has very cleverly created a new political platform to carry out their collectivist goals. As your book Plundered talks about progressivism, progressivism is straight from the the pit of hell. They're trying to level the playing field in the redistribution of wealth and destroying personal liberties, destroying our freedoms. It's like death by a thousand cuts. And they're utilizing something that Karl Marx himself never envisioned. Marx would have salivated at the idea of utilizing phony junk pseudoscience to force you to believe that your lifestyle is responsible for heating up the Earth's atmosphere. You know, it's all a great big lie. The end justifies the mean. That is the devil's way. But this is absolutely insidious. It's like this weird, evil genius scheme, isn't it? It really is. And I've often called it that because while I hate what they're doing, I literally hate what they're doing. I have to admit they have been brilliant at doing it. Now, are these people doing it because they're trying to, to gain control? Well, yes. But really, what they're trying to do is to implement what they really honestly believe in. Most of these people have a major, I mean, there's been a lot of written stuff about this in psychology today and so forth. A lot of these people 
just cannot connect to reality because of there's, there's a pathological problem with the way they think. They cannot connect to reality. And global warming is one of the biggest disconnects we have ever seen in planet Earth. I mean, obviously we have more people and so forth. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about the fact that the reality of the situation cannot be understood by these people. They literally cannot understand them. And so they launch into these great green programs of wind and solar power. Do you know how much wind power provided after hundreds of billions of dollars were spent here in the United States? 1.4%. Yeah, what an absolute joke. Wind and solar power. I mean, they're bird-chopping windmills, really. Let's call it what they are. And why did they scrap it all in Europe, Michael? Well, and that's the other thing. It's totally failed in Europe. Most of the, the people are, tr- most of the nations are trying to get out of green energy at this point because it's been such an absolute and total failure. And we told them back in 10 or 15 years ago, you cannot have, you know, solar and wind power it's with today's technology. Now, I hope someday in the future we can. Uh, I'm not against it. It's just the fact that it's a fallacious disconnect right now because people think it, they will. Solar, 0.3%, 0.3%, hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars have gone into this. And we're expected to be able to reduce carbon emissions by 28% by 2025 or 90% by 2050. That's ludicrous. That's a path to suicide just as Europe is going through right now. They put a lot of money, trillions of dollars into this, and it's turned out to be a total failure because solar power isn't producing energy when the sun's not shining, which is really more than 20, half of 24 hours a day because you have clouds and so forth. And then wind. Wind almost created a, a major crisis in England three years ago, four years ago, when they were taking coal-fired plants offline and they had a January in which you had very, very low winds. You have those really cold outbreaks where it's down to zero and there's very little wind associated with that. Well, it didn't take long before the windmills and the solar power failed and you had millions of people in England that were without power, literally without power. And they were freezing to death. Most of your uh, European homes depend upon electricity for their primary heat. You're talking about some really bad things. And has this government, has President Obama recognized that carbon dioxide and fossil fuel from the European example, have he learned anything? No. In fact, this new climate policy shows clearly he has no idea. It was written by its radical environments that basically said that we are having massive increases in hurricanes, tornadoes, and so forth. All of these weather, extreme weather events that they talked about in the new policy of Obama, none of them are occurring. The fact is, though, that he has denied and he has used time and time again some of these environmentalist extremist statements that we are having massive destruction due to, in fact, he calls it a billion dollars a year problem of tornadoes and, and so forth that can only be resolved by ameliorating these extreme events. Well, we're not having this extreme events. In fact, tornadoes and hurricanes are, are all-time low, measured low, for the last 150 years. It's unbelievable how he just totally ignores the facts and proclaims that these things are happening and we must do this and we must do that to take your freedoms away. Yeah, we must act now <laughs> and we must do something radical. You know, speaking of radical, and you mentioned, you touched on this earlier 
Dr. Kaufman, are you surprised with the Catholic Church getting behind this as much as they have? You know, the Pope essentially saying, hey, listen up, 1.8 billion Catholics. We got to do something. We got to lead the charge in fighting global warming. You know, he's aligned himself with a depopulationist. For one thing, when did the Pope become a climatologist? It is literally, literally astonishing that the Catholic Church, but you know, you shouldn't be too surprised because the Pope has actually been defined as a socialist by many, many outside sources. And that kind of thinking is pure socialist thinking. It's been, in, he's been indoctrinated. Various cardinals hate capitalism. Well, once you start hating capitalism, you start hating mankind because capitalism has been the best thing that has come. And they, and they don't realize it because they have been so fully indoctrinated with a socialist background. And as a, as a consequence, they're at that point where I was just describing earlier, they cannot see why they're wrong. They literally cannot see it. And they will resist any attempt to try to convince them that capitalism really has a much better place in uh, the world's economy than does socialism. Yeah, I'm in agreement. One of the things that really surprised me in years of doing research on this and my background and environment, does it surprise you, Dr. Michael Kaufman, the amount of absolute gull contempt that these hedonistic huckster megalomaniacs have for us? You know, just we're just cannon fodder. They just think we're useless eating plebs. You know, it's not bad enough the depopulationist schemes Look at these sociopathic, like, slick Billy Gates, Mr. Eugenicist himself, who's always got a penchant for vaccinating everyone. You know, his pal, globalist Teddy Turner. Oh, yeah, we're all going to be cannibals due to global... There should be a new movie. Bill and Ted's excellent depopulation adventure. Does it surprise you with the gold contempt they have for us? No, and I haven't been for probably 30 years. The realization that we have a problem and it's us the old Pogo uh, routine, the cartoon routine. The fact that it really talks about the hatred of mankind, but that's really at the basis of their belief system. And almost all of the socialists have a very bitter spirit for one reason or another. I'm not going to say that everybody does, but when you really have a more positive attitude in the center of your spirit and your heart and so forth, you're going to see the positive things that can be done. But when you have a bitter spirit, just like the Bible says, it will destroy you. It will destroy you, and it is destroying us. It really is. And it's one thing to really have a hatred towards humanity, but the one group of people, really, that is written about that is their true arch nemesis to this Gaia-loving pagan death cult, it's Christians. Christians are a problem. They hate us Christians. It is unbelievable to have a really bad hatred for Christianity. And, of course, we're seeing that on a worldwide scale now. I mean, Christianity is being attacked by everyone. It's unbelievable. And yet they claim they don't. And who are you supposed to believe? I, I believe what I see in relationship to various Christian things. And they have reacted very, 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 very poorly. In fact, have stimulated some of the persecution and so forth of the world, and even in this country itself. And we're seeing every effort to corral Christianity. If you violate that rule, you go to jail because you're obviously you're a homophobe and so forth. So it's not far in, in coming. In fact, for years, I said it's just around the corner. I mean, for decades, 
and it didn't, you know, because there was so much natural goodness in this country, I think because of the Christian structure of our laws and so forth, that it didn't happen until we had a president that literally was forcing us to bow down to Gaia, to bow down to homosexuality and all the rest. He has done more to destroy this moral fabric of this nation than any other individual, I think, in all of of U.S. history. And he is very close. In fact, I've often wondered if we're going to survive long enough to to get another president because he has set in place things that cannot be changed without congressional authorization which would mean years of work after he is out of office to uncouple and and derail different things that he's put in motion. But I think we have to really look at the spirit behind it. It's very antichrist. These people are Satanists. They worship Lucifer. The United Nations, that is straight out of the pit of hell itself. These people worship Lucifer. This whole agenda is straight out of the pit of hell. Yes, it is. You have to recognize it's Lucifer. And what they're basically saying is that Lucifer needs to take control through the plan. Now, who? what's the plan? Alice Bailey's plan, and, and it's, she's got 27 books that she supposedly wrote under the influence of a master. In other words, a demon was helping to write those books, or demons, is basically uh, responsible for all of the efforts to try to get the world under Satan's controls. And it's not, I don't think, any accident that... Um, Oh, what was the famous book back in the 50s? The Bible of a lot of progressives. Oh, Saul Alinsky, uh, Rules for Radicals. Right. He dedicated that book to Satan. Now think about that. Yeah, and don't forget Hillary Clinton wrote a senior thesis about Saul Alinsky. Remember, it was entitled, There is Only the Fight. And that thesis is available. That's shocking. Yeah, I know. And Hillary loves him in fact, was actually implementing part of his plan while her husband was president. I assume she tried to do as what she could while she was Secretary of State, too. But nonetheless, what you're, you're seeing here is that everything, when you get down to the very tips of the root, it's all related to Satanism and Satan. When you looked at Hitler in his fascism, Hitler was a very strong environmentalist. Most people don't recognize that. And he was deep into the occult, mostly with Helena Belaski, not Alice Bailey so much. But nonetheless, it's, it's the same New Age concepts of having nature reign whatever planet you're on, that there's this wholeness. That we're just part of a vast universe. There's no real difference between us and, and maybe somebody on another planet and so forth. They're all part of the whole. And you just meld into this oneness, this ideological oneness. And that leads into the mind thinking that, you know, if your leader wants us to do this, then you do it automatically because you're part of the whole and you just do your part. Well, that will not work for very long, folks, because there are always people out in the world who want to rule you. And when they do, you need to push back or you will be subsumed into their influence. It is a form of madness I have never seen before. And it's totally anti-realistic. Now, it's based on emotion. And understand this. The average progressive has a uh, mental maturity of a teenager. They don't have any emotional control. And as a consequence, you just have a bunch of quarreling teenagers out there basically following their their guru, whoever he happens to be. Right now it's Obama or was. You don't make decisions rationally. You just don't. I mean, you can go back 100 years and see 
how this disease, which I'm calling it, has influenced decisions made by Wilson, by Theodore Roosevelt in the 30s, and so forth that have given us major economic collapses. Their policies are not based on reality. They're based on emotions. And we are seeing the same thing happen right now, and you need to be warned. You need to take some sort of action with your senators and congressmen and so forth to say no, that we are not going to sign anything out of the United Nations on climate change, period, because it'll be forced down our necks if they get their way. Right now, it looks like they're trying to develop a policy that is not called a treaty, but we would still be held bound to it. And if the one power structure they're trying to do without any input from Congress is President Obama. Are we seeing the development of a tyrannical president? You bet we are. And you really have to understand that what is really at stake here, it is major, major. When you see all nations assumed to the United Nations on carbon dioxide emissions and so forth, what you're going to see is more tyranny until the point is that we have no liberties left whatsoever. And that's what really drives me. I mean, it's really important to understand that. You know, as a little segue, let me just introduce the whole issue of uh, other gases. What we're seeing here is new regulations being developed for methane because methane is 24 to 70 times more potent as a greenhouse gas than carbon dioxide, except that methane does nothing for global warming, absolutely nothing, even though it's more powerful. What happens is, and this is what you need to understand, when you hear some radio announcement saying that we're moving along on the methane issue and uh, it's a horrible greenhouse gas and so forth, uh, just understand where they're coming from, a complete state of ignorance, because methane absorbs radiation from the earth in the global warming cycle the same way water vapor does, at the same wavelengths water vapor does. And there is somewhere between 86 and 96 percent of all global warming is caused by changes in water vapor. Well, if water vapor is already absorbing all of the uh, wavelengths of heat energy, then methane is completely neutral. It doesn't have any influence at all. We can get rid of all methane, it wouldn't change a thing. So understand the deviousness of how this administration is confusing people with all kinds of idiotic ideas like methane, as well as just twisting the science. Right now, there's just been discovered, well, it has been over the last couple of years, but we're getting almost complete proof now that all of the climate data around the world has been adjusted, manipulated, in order to show that the past was much cooler and the present is much warmer than what the actual raw data show. In other words, it, it reverses the, the slope from one of cooling to one of warming. In other words, if you use the raw data, you're going to show that the Earth has declined in temperature, or at least remained fairly stable during the last hundred years or so. It is really astonishing. This had to be done deliberately, and there's only four organizations that actually produce the data on temperatures. That's NASA, NOAA, and a group over in England called the CRU, or controlling the data. And they have adjusted the data to show tremendous gains in temperature that didn't exist in the raw data at all. Understand how bad these people want it. I don't know. They must be paying these scientists a lot of money to get them to lie so badly. Well, and it really goes back to my book title, Green Gospel, subtitled 
the new world religion. It's like the former EPA head, Gina McCarthy. She said her goal was to show the Vatican how aligned they were on climate change because she said global warming, it's not just an environmental issue. It's a public health threat, but it's also a chance for economic opportunity. And who does that eerily parallel? And I know this one personally, the Canadian Environment Minister, Christine Stewart, would she say, no matter if the science of global warming is all phony, climate change provides the greatest opportunity to bring about justice and equality in the world. It's, you know, like the Pope says, it's the greater good, the moral imperative, the right thing to do. It's the greater good. I'll tell you what, this is a religion, all right, but it's a dangerous religion. It really is. This is a religion. You have to identify it as such. And it's very dangerous, as we're beginning to see now. If we go into global cooling, we're really up against a major assault upon humanity and the ecosystems of the world. We had the last cycle of one and a half degrees less than it is today, back in the 17 and 1800. And there was massive starvation. The crops couldn't grow. It was too cold. Or, the, or you had a killing frost, either just into the season or just before harvest. Once you start this process of starvation, then you have other things like the plagues and so forth that came into Europe, all because the temperature dropped one and a half degrees. It really is stunning. If we go into that now, we have modern technology, we have modern agriculture, we'll be able to help part of that. But at the same time, it's going to cause devastation beyond anything that global warming can do uh, in, the, in the next 100 years. I, I just hope it doesn't happen. But every indication, the sun is in hibernation now or going into hibernation. That's what happened back 150 years, 200 years ago. And we seem to be facing, we haven't had any warming in the last 18 and a half years. In fact, some, some data show global cooling. What we're seeing here is probably the very first stages of a 20 to 30 year period where it's going to be much cooler than what we've seen in a long time. You have to recognize when these idiots create these policies that they're trying to do right now, they're going to put you on the wrong policy and, and actually exacerbate an already critical situation. If Americans knew how much danger they were in, I think they would react. Amen to that. I think they would react as well. But you're right, they don't know due to the dumbing down of everyone and this, this agenda to keep all the information suppressed. I think you're so right. And of course, that is why it's important. Programs like this, work that you do, we are trying to wake people up to this diabolical agenda. And I'll tell you, it's coming fast and furious. Dr. Kaufman, please, in the waning moments, would you give out your information on how people can get a copy of one of my favorite books. It is a must-read, plundered, How Progressive Ideology is Destroying America is the subtitle. It is Michael S. Kaufman, Ph.D. Tell the folks how they can go and where's the best place for them to get a copy of this book and check out your handiwork as well. Yes, um, it is on Kindle if you want to save some money there. But the actual book is America Plundered, and it's on AmericaPlundered.com. So go to AmericaPlundered.com. Go down about a half a page or so, and you'll find the book's description and all the rest there, a much more description than you'll get on Amazon. I think you can't help but be I have gotten nothing but rave reviews from this particular book. But you have to be somewhat enlightened. And I think by listening to this program, you're probably part of that crew that are enlightened as to what's going on 
and just need some hard information to really pull it together so you can explain it better to other people, and this book will help you do that. Yes, it will, and I can vouch for that. Dr. Kaufman, you really were an inspiration for the work that I do today. You really are the progenitor of exposing the diabolical green agenda, Agenda 21. All your tireless devotion and dedication to waking people up. I can't imagine what would have happened if you and your group had not stopped that convention on biological diversity from being ratified. Yikes, I I shudder to think. You are such an inspiration, and thank you, sir, for your time in coming on the program and for everything you do. God bless you, and thank you for coming on the program. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. That was a good interview. Thank you. Folks, that was an interview that I did one year ago today with Dr. Michael Kaufman. And ironically, like I said in the beginning of the program, he is not with us as of today. And it's really heartbreaking to me with such a big inspiration in what I do. And it it would be an honor if you would go and get a copy of his book. I would like to see his family be still supported by his important work. Please do go to the website. It is bookmarked as americaplundered.com. That's americaplundered.com. It's also linked there on today's bio. And again, just such a tragic loss. He will be sorely missed by, by me, and it's a very sad day to me. And I wanted to play this this show from a year ago to honor his legacy, really. He was just an amazing Christian man and, and really brave, and I just really... I uh, want to dedicate this show to him today. I thank you for tuning in to this program. Good night and God bless you.